welcome back to the Professional Millennial Podcast. He's Derek. And she's Tori. Thank you for joining us on this week's discussion. It's been a fun week down here in Austin for both of us. Hope you guys had a good time as well. We started things off last weekend seeing a bunch of friends, some old friends, some nice reunions going on. Yes, it was so great to see our friend Nate, one of our OG college friends. I think the biggest uh, highlight of that is when he got to see Daisy again, because it was the first time in years they'd seen each other, and he was convinced that she would have one of two reactions. Either A, who is this weird intruder? Why is he in my house? Get the hell out of here. Or B, just like completely indifferent, like, I don't, I don't care about this guy. But of course, she's Daisy, and she knows Nate's smell. You know, they were roommates, so... For a couple of years, not just one year, it was two years we lived oh, together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she definitely re- remembered Nate, and it was so nice to see their reunion and to have him see our place. So that was a good time, and he showed us, you know, a fun spot down at the Domain here in Austin. We had dinner at Culinary Dropout. Really cool, unique vibe. I think you've been there a couple of times. It was my first time, so nice to start settling into some of the nightlife here as well. Yeah, I can't wait to check out some other places like Rainy Street, and there's just so much cool things to do, so many cool things to do down in Austin. Definitely. And then we had more of a, a low-key day on Saturday. We just hung out at home, and Tori's friend from high school, Victoria, came by. Yeah, so the same friend who sent me some treats on my birthday uh, stopped by just to see us, see Daisy, of course. Um, nobody really cares about seeing Hazel. She's just kind of there. But yeah, I cannot wait to get the dogs together, hit up some dog parks around here. Um, she has some great tips about places to check out. And once again, Victoria came bearing gifts. She was awesome guest. She brought... Um, some beer, but also a Texas-based seltzer called Ranch Water, which is like a minimalist spiked seltzer in my opinion, but delicious. It's so simple and so delicious. It's just, you know, your agave, uh, hard water, sparkling water, and then I guess it's key lime juice, which like I could not believe how delicious it is, especially if like you're drinking margs and you just need something a little less intense, a little less sugary. It's the perfect drink. So, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Victoria, for opening our eyes. In my opinion, it was almost like a simple tequila mixed drink. If you just got like a tequila with soda and lime, maybe a little bit of simple syrup. It wasn't really sweet, but it didn't have that edge that tequila has. So, yeah, almost too easy to drink. Oh, yeah, so good. After that, Sunday came around and we hosted the big 70th birthday party for Tori's dad. So happy birthday, Larry. Big shout out to you. We made it. Ooh, the big seven zero. So we had the family over, um, ate a lot of Mexican food, had some margs, had some ranch waters. It was a blast. I uh, wish you could be there, Lisa, but thank you for everything that you put into that. Oh, those apps were delicious. We had the queso, we had salsa, we had guac, basically all the fiesta staples oh yeah all the necessities you know i think that about wraps it up for our weekly update for our topic this week we are focused on how millennials are known as the internet generation let's dive in so is there anything to you that just jumps out immediately when you think of internet generation yeah i Think back to like math class when they're like, oh, this is going to be so, so useful. Like, oh, your calculator, you need to know how to use this thing. Where in like, in reality, every answer you could possibly want is like a few clicks away. 
Yeah. You don't have to use your brain. Sorry. There are a couple different topics, honestly, thinking about that now that you bring up school, um, that teachers would say, oh, you're not going to have your calculator, like you were mentioning, always on you. You're not always going to have this. You're not going to have PowerPoint for all of your information. Where when I went to undergrad, I think same thing for you, most of your classes, it was all PowerPoint based and you could access them online. And then when I was in grad school, I mean, I barely had any notebooks. I would use OneNote on my computer, copy and paste information from the PowerPoints, which are always online. I could access them even if we were just hanging out at the beach, you know, we could sit in a chair and I could go through some terms and kind of study up. And the internet's really made it so accessible for all that information. But what really jumped out to me is because of the ease of access that we have to the internet, it's gotten harder and harder for parents to shield their kids from a lot of the negatives. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to think about the positives, like, you know, the internet, there's so much information out there. But like you said, with that comes all this negative information. It's very hard to be safe on the internet when it comes to just entering your information. You need to make sure that the website is safe, all the way to these scams that these people are doing now. Like people are really just getting creative out there. That's something that you brought up when we were talking about this topic the other day. And you said, you know, we can really quickly fact check things, but that's now gone in a couple of different directions. The first one is that when we were in school, I remember spending time in either a library class or computer science class, and they would tell you to find good information. You learned how to appraise information to know if it's reliable or if it's junk. Mm -hmm. And Gen X had little to no training on that. Gen Z, I think, can spot even deep fakes really easily now. And those are so hard for most people to understand, first of all, and then second, realize that it's not a real video clip of someone. Yeah, it's you just have to be so careful with, you know, the term fake news going around there. You, you really don't know. And like a lot of people will just go to Wikipedia and take that at face value, not really taking the time or the extra clicks to dig a little deeper. Thank you so much for mentioning news. That gives me a great segue into this (laughs) next part of it. If you think back to the second Anchorman movie, the whole point of that was that they were starting something new, and that is a 24-hour news channel. When our parents were kids, that wasn't a thing. They had the evening news on a broadcast channel, and they didn't have a constant cycle being bombarded with information, whereas now, I mean, you can find five, six, seven... 24-hour news channels, even with a basic cable subscription. Not only that, but it's seeping into social media. You can't go on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook without seeing news stuff as well. So it's kind of like you can't even escape it. You can't just turn, go, you know, grab your remote and turn off the TV if you don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. I feel like every single day there's at least one to two stories on Twitter's trending page that are pulled directly from the LA Times headlines. Yeah, not only just news, but just how we communicate has been impacted so much. Um, Not just communicating the news, but just in general, like catching up with friends or seeing family and stuff. You know, it's all done digitally and, you know, people aren't picking up the phone to call people like they used to. And it's really just had an impact on our generation and our society. I think Nate brought up a good point when we were having dinner with him Friday where we all kind of talked about the fact that people our age will stay in touch, I put in air quotes, by being friends or connected and linked up on social media and you see what people are doing, but then you realize, well, it's been a year, it's been two years, it's been maybe five years since I've actually talked to this person. 
And so you don't actually know what's going on. You just see little snippets that they feel like sharing on Instagram. And then you kind of fill in the rest. You assume you know what they're up to, what they've been doing and stuff, but we never really take that extra step and reach out anymore. And I feel like that's something, you know, that at least millennials are struggling with. I can't really speak to the other generations. And I know I'm not great at reaching out or staying in touch with people. For that reason, it was one of my New Year's resolutions to be better about it. Um, And I have reached out to some friends. It's amazing what some people will go through and they keep to themselves. And I'm sure we do the same thing. Um, and then when you hear about this, you know, you wish you could have been there to support the person. You would have been there to support them, but you just didn't reach out. And so you just don't know what they're going through. Yeah, I think that's something we should all have in our resolutions to be a little bit better about. But another point that I wanted to bring up was just the fact that like everything we do is through the Internet. So like, you know, you want to watch something on TV, you don't even have to go to cable. You can just get the app on your phone and stream it anytime. Same thing with like shopping. You know, you don't even have to go to the store, especially with COVID, you know, curbside pickup, which you do online or just ordering online from start to finish. You know, it's something that is really going to affect a lot moving forward because you know, our generation makes up so much of the population. We're such a big generation. And if we're only doing things online, then, you know, say goodbye to shopping malls. Like, what's the point of them if everybody's buying everything online? And so I saw a couple of terms that millennials are technological immigrants or internet immigrants because we kind of came up when dial-up was starting. A lot of things were offline and became online and we adopted that really quickly. Whereas Gen Z below us, they are what's known as technology or internet natives. They grew up not knowing anything different. And by 2025, about 50% of all funds in the world will be controlled by Gen Z and millennials, which means marketing as well as banking. I mean, just about every single enterprise is going to be shifted to cater to millennials and Gen Z. So I have a question for you, Tori. Mm-hmm. If you're searching for a product online, and there are zero reviews for that product, what's the likelihood that you'll buy it? Zero reviews? Ooh, that's tough. It depends. It really depends on the store, what the product is, the price point. Um, if I can find something similar that has reviews on a different site, you know? So give me give me a zero to 100. What's your percentage that you'd buy a product online without seeing reviews? With no reviews, it's going to be pretty low. It's going to probably be like a... Um, I got says like 39% chance I would buy it with no reviews. Yeah. So, so less than four out of 10 times you'd be saying yes. Majority of the time, like you said, you'd be saying no. And that kind of comes right in line with what we did this week. We slightly upgraded our recording space. We got a new microphone and I did want to go see the thing. I didn't want to just buy it online and then get it at the door. I wanted to go check it out face to face. Um, but I did first go online, look at reviews, then go to YouTube, look at people, how they use it, their setup, their plugins, add-ons, stuff like that to get all their input um, because we have such a wealth of knowledge. Why wouldn't you use it? Yeah, absolutely. I was like, let's just order it online. I mean, not sure why you wanted to go into Best Buy, but anyways. Now, do you have any thoughts on, I touched on it earlier, but any thoughts on school through the internet generation? Yes, I do. Actually, at my most recent job, I was um, initially trained in 
in the office. So we had, you know, an instructor and we would do online courses. Um, you know, a year later, I'm getting upskilled to something else at work. And, you know, this is after COVID where we're all at home and all of the learning was remote at that point. And I was really struggling to grasp that stuff without being able to like shadow somebody or watch them go through it. You know, I just feel like everybody who's doing complete remote learning, like there is a disconnect and it is a little bit harder to grasp those topics and just see how it it really fits into the lesson when, you know, there could be something on your end that's distracting you or maybe you have a headache and don't even want to look at the screen. You know, there's so many different factors and things that come into it when you're in an online environment, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I feel bad for some of the students who are at my alma mater, Palmer College right now, because I loved grad school so much. It was the best time I ever had in school from kindergarten through, you know, my final year um, because they did such a great job of making a nice level, even split between lecture hours and lab hours because the research shows you learn so much better and the content stays with you much longer if you have hands-on experience, like you said, job shadowing, or in my case, things like cadaver labs, adjusting labs, physical exam labs, things of that nature, just drive the points home. And lecture style learning is known and has been known to be one of the worst forms to um, process knowledge. And so when you create another hurdle, another step where you're doing it through a screen on a Zoom meeting or something, it makes it even harder. And now I think about how many kids are being left behind because they don't have good internet access or they don't have parents who are pushing them to be online or their schools don't require them to have their camera on. So they're just logging into their Zoom class and they're just sitting on the other side of the room playing video games. And sure, it sounds like fun for a 12 year old, but that's gonna hurt them later in life. Yeah, like they don't even realize the effect that that's gonna have on them, putting them behind on that kind of thing. And you know, also for the educator, let's just give all educators a quick shout out. Like it cannot be easy, especially with younger age children, like through the internet when you're not there to get rid of the distractions and you're not there to keep them on, on track, it, it must be so, so tough. I spoke with a woman uh, recently who is a special needs teacher and she said that when the pandemic first shut down schools, the final two to three months of the school year there in 2020, she had one student who engaged 0% of the time. The poor guy couldn't make a connection through the screen and spent the entire class for those three months sitting underneath the desk. So there are, like I said, so many being left behind there. Yeah, and just to go a little bit further on something we had just talked about, you know, you mentioned how companies are going to have to start marketing towards millennials and Gen Z, you know, how we like to do things, um, you know, this new electronic internet era, but something else I've seen out there that is really cool and really interesting, along with everything he does, Elon Musk's Starlink idea. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Yeah, so it it's really a goal to give internet globally to everyone. So, you know, even if you're in some remote cabins uh, in the mountain ranges, or if you're in a rural area where you can't get spectrum or whatever, you know, this is they're trying to have this out for mid to late 2021. Like people up in Seattle are already using Starlink for internet. And then think about the global applications. You know, people who are researching in remote areas of the world, people who are trying to get access to school in rural areas of Africa where they would have you know zero access to the internet, 
possibly their entire lives now can connect that way. Really amazing what Elon Musk is doing. I mean, the coolest thing to me about him is that his motivation has nothing to do with money, nothing to do with power. He loves to innovate. He wants to see how far the human mind can take us and what the hard work that he puts in and his employees put in can do to just revolutionize our world and make it a better place. Yeah, I'm so glad that our timeline links up with his because what an amazing time. I can't wait to see all the cool things that this man comes up with. But It really is. I, I want to go back real quick, though, to talk about how you mentioned, you know, everything's being marketed now towards millennials and Gen Z. And something that really kind of blew my mind is that both of those two generations hate classic conventional ads. We hate marketing that comes from like the Mad Men era. Uh, we really want things to be more cohesive or just become a part of what we're doing so that we always see things like Instagram influencers. You just want to see somebody using a product to, hey, look, I actually endorse this. I use it. It's a great thing. Go buy it. Use my discount code. Oh, an ad with a review attached. Huh. Exactly. But you see that real person using it. So you say, wow, would I use this coffee creamer? No, I don't like the sweet stuff. I wouldn't use that. But again, it's not them trying to put some kitschy commercial together that's obviously fake. Um, the other thing along with that is studies have shown millennials have a whopping 12 second attention span. <laughs> and Zoomers have an eight second attention span. So millennials have 50% more, but that's really not saying too much. And that's why, again, we hate the classic commercial format where it's a 30 second long or one minute long commercial just trying to throw information at you in different ways. We want authentic, which of course there's plenty of fake ones out there, but we want things to feel more real. And speaking about that, you know, like services like Hulu, I can see them just completely losing out because they've got all these stupid ads, whereas Netflix, Disney Plus, you know, HBO, all these other places aren't giving you ads. And I mean, you're still paying. What the hell, Hulu? Get over the ad thing or like get with it or get out. That is a tough one because I remember the, the days of Hulu of old where there were no ads. Uh, but on the flip side, if sites aren't using ads, generally you are the product and they're selling your information. So again, in this information age, this internet age, we are giving away our information a lot of times and we'll see how that turns out in the future. But it's just amazing to see how our generation has grown up with the internet, almost not knowing a world without it. And then the next generation really doesn't know anything different. It's my favorite time of the week. As always, we are doing dog of the week. And this week, the honor is going out to Mad Max, a.k.a. Maxine the Fluffy Corgi. Now you can find Maxine at Mad Max underscore Fluffy Road on Instagram, and I highly recommend you go check her out. Her and her dad live up in New York, and they go on little adventures together. My favorite videos are the ones of Maxine in her little backpack on her dad's back going down the subway or biking, just traveling around, doing things like the boss-ass bitch she is. City Doge probs. Yep, he always keeps up some nice music with it, some Billy Joel. If you can go back and find it, there's a great video of Maxine shaking off the water to slow motion of the twist. Again, all great content, super happy, positive, uplifting stuff. Can't say enough about how fluffy this little corgi is. Very fluffy, but go ahead and check it out. Continuing on here, we have Turn Up or Throw Up. <laughs> Ooh, 
my favorite segment. And I'm sure Tori will immediately figure out the category, as will our listeners. But let's jump in. So, first question of the week. Tori, how do you feel about play fighting with your dog? (laughs) Play fighting. Well, let's see. This one, I'm going to have to go with throw up. That is simply because I cannot get Daisy to play fight with me. She simply loves play fighting with her dad so much that mom is just kind of, I guess, the, the other one there that she gets pets from. All right. All right. Well, moving on. How do you feel about dog parks? Ooh, turn up. You can always have a great time at the dog park, whether you're just watching other dogs get in fights, if you're just there to observe the drama, or if you want to run around and get in the drama yourself. We definitely got into the middle of some drama last time with a very, very uh, intrusive miniature Aussie who was just jumping on everybody and then ended up attacking a dog, so I had to step in. Um, But luckily, no one was seriously injured, but like you said, always drama at the dog park. I've never seen a dog catapult its body off of a human to attack another dog. Yeah, it was a a bold move. All right, number three. How do you feel about off-leash dogs in public? Uh, turn up. As long as they have good recall, like, yes, that is, like, everybody's dream, isn't it? Yeah, that would be awesome if Daisy could, but she's too much of a lover. Yeah, unfortunately, Daisy would never come back, so that's not something we personally get to experience, but maybe our next dog that we're already thinking about getting. Mm -hmm. How about adopting from a shelter? Turn up. This is something I can definitely get behind. Our pup, Daisy, is a who know what who knows what you know she's a little shelter special yeah shelter special but she is honestly the sweetest best dog ever and i feel like that's typically the case you know i definitely don't get down on breeder dogs love you shout out to ellie dog of the week last week she's great as well but you know just something you can get from you know taking that dog home rescuing it you know not knowing what that it would just go to some other nice family like with a breeder Very true. All right. How about pronged training collars? Oh, let's see. I guess I can't really... I guess I'll just go with throw up on this one. Just because I haven't personally used them. You know, Daisy's not really a dog that pulls. Um, Not one to drag you down the the road or the sidewalk on your walk. Whereas there are some bigger breeds that really are pullers or if they're aggressive... You know, that could really help those dogs. But for, for me personally, that that's a throw up. So quick chiropractic tip of the week. This is a big turn up from me because if you actually look at the dog's anatomy in their neck, they do have a really big, strong atlas bone, which is that first vertebra. And conventional collars, if your dog pulls a lot, put pressure on just one spot, basically the opposite side that you're pulling from. Whereas prong collars tend to evenly distribute the pressure and instead of pulling from one side it's more of a squeeze that's distributed along the entire neck so it can be a lot less stressful to the dog Mm, okay the more you know and they don't squeeze too tight right like they 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 have a limiter on them so you set a chain so it can only squeeze like an inch from where it's set or like a half inch whatever that that change that they need is for that dog's neck oh wow customize it to each dog that's cool if you're doing it properly so if you use them they are the safest when used properly do your research. The internet's right there. Maybe read some reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. How do you feel about breed-specific bands? 
throw up. <clears throat> Each dog is an individual. Nature and nurture, baby. And I think more importantly, each owner is an individual. Because I think that is an even bigger part than the dog's own genetic code. And just a personal experience from us, you know, Rottweilers, they look intense. They're huge. Those heads are ginormous. And then you go on TikTok and you see... (laughs) Or a little baby shark Rottweiler. Yeah, little sweeties. They're so cute. I want one. All right, how do you feel about body modifications on dogs i.e clipped ears docked tails oh this one i have mixed feelings on um i'm gonna go with throw up because you know ears that stuff you know unless the ears are so big that they're like constantly getting infected or something i really don't see a point the only thing i can kind of get behind is like breeds with like insanely long and thick tails where they're going to be hurting themselves slapping that on things like kind of shortening that but also like is it completely necessary does it completely change their life and eh, i'm going to stick with throw up on that one so that's a couple of great points you brought up you know again doing some of the research here there's kind of a difference between um the two types of modification because there's cosmetic and there's also things that are more medically based so things like my parents dog rex is such a happy dog he loves his frisbee so much he wags his tail hits walls, hits furniture, hits everything to the point where he split it open he was bleeding. So a dog like that may need to dock it a little bit shorter. Or like you said, dogs with ear infections, it's better to clip them a little bit as opposed to some owners who just want their dog's ears to stand up so they clip them. That's cosmetic. There's no need for that. And I feel like that's something that goes along. It's more hand-in-hand with like specific breeds because you know it's a problem with that breed. Get it done with their, when they're young. Make it as, you know least traumatic as you can whereas when you're going to a shelter like you don't know what issues the dog's gonna have you're not gonna do these modifications preemptively you know you're just taking home what you got yep once again do your research Mm -hmm. all right how about giving your dog human food turn up (laughs) daisy has been loving her food that we've been making for her in the slow cooker what do we have in there right now cooking up Let's see. Right now we've got some sweet potato, carrots, celery, and the meat we went with this time was some pork chops. Yep. So it was our first time doing pork with her. I think we went a little bit less meat than we normally would just so we can test it out with her stomach. But she has loved when we put chicken breasts in there, chicken thighs. Turkey. Uh, Yeah, turkey. We've done both ground and we've done the whole turkey breasts. Just toss them in the slow cooker with some veggies and some starches and it's a great way to add some nutrition because as many vets will say dry food is dead food yeah and we love our dog we want her to be happy and with us as many years as we can squeeze out of that short lifetime so we are just doing whatever we can to make her as healthy as possible and she has been so happy since we made the switch so shout out to us little pat on the back all right moving on how about clothing for your pet Turn up. I love it when we put Daisy. She used to love her robe, I think. I loved it when she... I loved it. She would wear it for like rainy days. She liked that. She was happy to get her hair... her Keep her head dry. Yeah, something we should actually get her would be like an actual raincoat. I think that would be great. But, you know, especially like if you're in a snowy climate where they're salting the road, you know, booties are something to think about for your dog, you know. They have these products. They're made for a reason. They're made to be bought. All right. And the final one is cuddling on the furniture with your pet. Turn up. Turn up, turn up, turn up. 
Yes, this is why we have a cat. Daisy didn't want to snuggle in my lap because she's too big. So that's why we have a cat to snuggle in my lap. She is the perfect size. And I mean, I know that furniture will last longer without the pets on it. But like life is too short to not spark joy and have your pets snuggle you on the furniture. I'm heavily against the pets on the furniture. But if it's like a cat on your lap or a little lap dog, I'm cool with it because it's not going to damage the stuff. But that's just me being the angry old man that I am. Yep. And that concludes another installment of Turn Up or Throw Up. Woohoo! All right, penny pinchers and deal finders, it is time for the deal of the week. Now this one hits real close to home because sadly this past week someone did in fact break into my car while it was in our driveway and I lost my Ray-Bans. Nothing else really of consequence or of high value, but it does hurt to see those go. So we found a Ring doorbell deal at Costco, currently $50 off, so it is only $99 through April 4th. Our Ring doorbell, I absolutely love. Somebody comes up near the front door, it gives you a notification. You can talk both ways through it, tell intruders to bug off, and it also includes HD video, night vision, and it's just a, a really simple add-on to your home just to increase the security there for you and your loved ones. So check out the Ring Doorbell at Costco for $99 through April 4th. All right, guys. To end the episode, we're going to brighten things up with our On the Bright Side segment. So this is a crazy time. You know, looking at the date today, we're recording on the 14th, and this is one year exactly from the last day that I worked in a physical office. You know, they were like, just go test out your computers. You'll be back next week. And next thing you know, they're like, hey, you know what? Just stay at home with your computers and we'll we'll troubleshoot through the issues. So things have been a little crazy. It, it's been quite the year. But the bright side about this year with COVID and quarantining is that more Americans than ever before can say that they have been out volunteering. So whether it's just delivering food, helping out your elderly neighbors with yard maintenance, helping people get vaccinated, helping people with testing for COVID, there are so many ways to get out there and give back to the community. So if you haven't volunteered before, this would be a great time to think about starting. There's a lot of different ways that you can help out. Also, who doesn't need an excuse to get out of your house? I sure do. Thank you as always for joining us today on our discussion about millennials as the internet generation. It's amazing how things have changed in a decade or two and we grew up going through all of those changes. We'd love to connect with you online you can reach us on instagram at professional millennials pod or if you want to share any feedback comments questions you can email us at professional millennials pod at gmail.com also if you like our podcast feel free to tell a friend about it or even leave us a review wherever you listen thank you so much as always she's tori and he's derek and we're the professional millennials podcast catch you next time